Welcome to Refocus. I'm your host, Trevor Wilson. This is a podcast of Sunday school lessons that I've taught, some sermons that I have preached. Uh, I have various guests at different times. Uh, Basically, the, the whole idea is to just kind of refocus back on the Word of God, going back to those Bible stories, studying the scriptures. Let's just, just kind of get out of ourselves, out of our own thinking, and go back to the Word of God and see what He has to say. I love those old Sunday school lessons when we were kids. We seem to have gotten away from some of those, just the bare bones bottom of what the Word of God, the meat and potatoes, if you will. So I hope you enjoy it and pass along and share. Now, let's get to the lesson. Hello and welcome back. Steve Wilson again, going through the book of Matthew. We're in chapter 10. And if I <clears throat> remember correctly, uh, we closed out our last uh, little study um, talking about Sodom and Gomorrah and the destruction thereof and how it would be more tolerable um, <clears throat> for them in the day of judgment, um, you know, than, than those who reject Christ today. You know, a lot of that, you know, just has to do with the, uh, the knowledge that we have now. And, you know, the way the world has become so small because of technology and that sort of thing, we can literally see this whole idea coming true that, you know, there's really no excuse for anybody, no matter you know, where they are. It's, it's very rare that there are people not, not heard of Christ. Uh, I, I realize maybe it does happen, but it's becoming less and less simply because of how easily we can reach people around the world. And the Bible talks, you know, during the uh, end times, how people will be heard around the world. We can, we can of course, see that now or through TV and radio and, and uh, uh, computer technology and you know, all all the stuff that bounces off uh, the telescopes and what have you that are in space. Uh, you know, we can well, we can pick up our cell phone and talk to somebody literally on the other side of the globe in just moments. So we can see how that can happen. So, but I'm I'm kind of getting off the subject here, but <clears throat> I want to pick up in uh, verse 16 of chapter 10. He says, There is, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents, harmless as doves. This kind of begins a section of what I refer, I personally refer to as the dual application verses. Meaning by that, that they apply to a current situation, and they're very literal for, for the people here who, you know, were going out to serve Christ because, you know, when you study the uh, just the apostles, when, and that's kind of the focus here, how they all met their end. It was all, all but John. It was violent death. So they met with the resistance that he's talking about here. Um, going out in the midst of the wolves, and, and we know how violent wolves are, you know, and, and how they attack as a pack. You know, they don't attack alone. They attack as a pack. They band together, and that's the way, that's what we see in the world today. People who live for Satan, they, they're, they've banded together. And they attack Christians in mass. Um, you know that's that's a real strength, and they're very ruthless and very mean, and have no pity or or anything. But not only does it apply <clears throat> just to the situation that these apostles are going to find themselves in, but we can easily read through this and envision the last the the end times, the last days, 
what happens there. So you just go over into the book of Revelation and begin to see those, uh, those descriptions. And you can imagine all the same thing happening uh, to Christians then and Christians back during this day here. So, like I said, I, I believe it kind of has a dual purpose here in, in what it says. And I, I think when we read the end times, we need to keep these passages in mind. So he, he tells them to go out <clears throat> and uh, as sheep in the midst of wolves. He says, but, he says, be ye therefore wise as serpents. You know, serpents are very smart. Um, they are uh, very, very cunning. And it, I don't think it's any accident that Satan chose the form of a serpent in the Garden of Eden. Um, because, and I know a lot of people don't like reptiles and that sort of thing, but the truth of the matter is they're very beautiful. Um, you know, snakes and, and that, they, you know, they have so many different colors and designs. And if you can just look at them from that standpoint and not think about how deadly they are, um, they're actually very beautiful creatures. Um, and for that matter, they, their delicacy is, as far as food is concerned. So, um, you know, but they're, they're very smart, they're very cunning, and, uh, you know, they, they know how to uh, stalk and, uh, you know, conquer their prey, depending on what abilities they have. Some of them, like a python, would squeeze you to death, a rattler would bite you and poison you, and different things. They have different uh, abilities even though they're all the same species. But anyway, again, I'm, I'm kind of getting off the subject. The fact is we need to be smart about what we do because of who we're facing, who we're up against. He says, but beware of men, for they'll deliver you up to the councils and they'll scourge you in their synagogues. Men, for that matter, are very cunning. We're, we're the most dangerous species because we're the most powerful species because of our minds, because we're, you know, we are even more cunning than the serpent. And we use that for and against one another. And of course, that's what's going to happen here. And that's why he's saying, you know, be wise as serpents and then harmless as does. Try not to provoke others, but be smart about what you do in sharing the gospel. You shall, uh, verse 18, and you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles, but when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak, for it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's, there's a resistance. Back in that day, of course, the resistance came from the Jews in the end times. It kind of reverses itself. It's... Uh, you know, it's the the Jews, the 144,000 that are speaking for Christ, but they still face that same kind of persecution. But we don't really know how to handle that um, because being as wise as serpents but harmless as doves, that's a very difficult assignment for a human being. In fact, we really don't have the ability to do that, to follow that command. We have to wholly lean on Christ. He's the only one that can really shows that. So not only does he speak through us, but he gives us the strength and the proper boldness. You know, you can be, it's okay to be bold. It's okay to be strong, but 
we can be really stupid in using that. Sometimes we speak when we shouldn't. Like Peter, when he chopped off the ear um, of, of the man in the garden, um, we make mistakes because sometimes we get a little too bold and we say and do things we shouldn't. So we have to learn to, of course, lean on Jesus Christ. He's, he's the one who's in control anyway. Um, and, and look at verse 21. Talk about the cunning of the devil. It says, The brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and the father of the child. The children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. This really <clears throat> kind of goes in line with this. It talks later about um, your relationship with your family and that your relationship with Christ has to be even stronger than that because uh, people are still people no matter how much you love them, no matter who they are. They, uh, if they're being led by Satan, if it's, if it's Satan who's in control of their life, they're going to follow him. And they're going to do what he instructs them to do. I mean, they're sold out to him. They're in his control. And uh, that's what we're going to be up against. That's what they were up against there. It's very difficult to find out who you can trust. And he talked earlier about, you know, going into a home and finding a home that's worthy and then other homes that are not. You have to find out who you can lean upon and who you can't. Well, how are you going to do that? You know, one of the best ways, of course, is the church. I think that's one of the reasons Christ instituted a local church. So you can develop those kind of relationships and build a strength among people that, that love the Lord. Verse 22, and you shall be hated of all men. For my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. You know, people are going to hate us simply because we stand for Christ. It has nothing to do with our character or our looks, our demeanor, any of that. It just simply has to do with the fact that we stand for Christ. Um, <clears throat> and if, if we're willing to endure, if we're willing, in other words, lean upon Christ and allow him to guide us and lead us, through it, he's not talking about being saved in the sense of, of um, our salvation and gets us to heaven. He's simply talking about um, surviving this world and, and accomplishing our task and doing what he has assigned us to do. He will see to it that if he has a job, and I've said this so many times, as long as we have a job to do for Christ and we're willing to do it, and lean upon him to do it, he, he puts a hedge of protection around us. It's, it's like we're invincible. We can't be killed until it's until he decides it's time for us to take us out. And and the truth is, he's going to leave us here until our job is done, regardless of what the world does. And that's really what I think he's referring to there in verse 22. When they say, persecute you in the city, flee you into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over to the cities of Israel till the Son of Man become. Now, why would he say that to these people, to the apostles here when he's already there? Uh, he's already come. Well, see, this is one of the things I think about, you know, the the dual application because in, in prophecy, he, I mean, he's talking about the fact that he's going to come back. And uh, our job is not finished until he does. And we have uh, we have work to do. As, as long as Christ has not come, then there's still more to do. And if there's more to do, there's more for me to do. I still have an assignment. If I'm still alive... I'm here for one purpose and one purpose only. That's to serve Jesus, to please him. And so as long as I do that, he's going to make sure and use me and give me something to do and give me value until he comes back. So 
we're not going to be able to complete our task until Jesus decides our task is completed. It's, we don't know, you know, when to quit. We don't know when to stop and, and who to talk to and who not to talk to and who to share with and who not to share with. <clears throat> Only God can decide that, and he does that when he sends his son back for the second time, you know, when he comes in the rapture and he comes when he sets his foot on the earth. Um, then in verse 24, he goes into a section about comparing us to a master. He says, the disciple's not above his master, nor the servant above his lord's. Enough for the disciple that he be as his master, and this servant as his lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Um, you know, as disciples, the greatest honor we can have is to be like Christ. Well, to be like Christ means to be persecuted as Christ was. Physically, we're in for a tough time. Things are, may not end well. Everybody's not going to like us. We're going to be persecuted for, by some of those that, that uh, you know, we least expect it to come from. Um, and the persecution is going to be brutal. He talks about wolves being attacked by wolves. Um, in the end, that may very well be what happens to you and I if, if we're not here when the Lord returns or, and we have to face death instead. It could be a very brutal death. Who knows what God has planned. I'm just saying we're in a very difficult world. And he says in verse 26, but he says, Fear not. Uh, fear them not therefore, for there is nothing covered but that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach you uh, upon the housetops. Um, and fear them not which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. He says, our real... Uh, enemy is Satan, um, and he has the ability to steal our soul, to steal our body prior to salvation. You know, actually, it's to keep us because we're born in sin, um, and, and cause us to spend eternity in hell. But, but but when you're speaking to Christians, he says, "Look, don't worry about them." He says, "I'm going to show you things as you face this persecution. You're going to learn things." about the enemy that I want you to share with the world. People need to know what they're up against. You know, the darkness of this world is very real. And people need to hear what Satan is about to do. Of course, a lot of them just laugh at us when we when we say that, but, you know, so be it. That's what life is going to be. You know, and we're going to, as we face the persecution that we face and, and, and the repercussions from our ministries, look at us at Look at it as a learning experience. These are things God is simply teaching us so that we can share those thoughts with others and so they can know we can be an encouragement to other Christians. We can perhaps persuade those who are lost to, to turn to Christ and look to him for salvation. Um, all this stuff is all in God's plan. He's in control. He, he's not surprised. Nothing happens that he doesn't know ahead of time is, is going to happen. Um, so accept what we have to face in this life. Stand strong in Jesus. Let him guide us and take control of our lives, not only in our daily activities, but as we face the persecution that we have to face. Just understand this is, this is all part of God's plan. He knows what's going on, and he's got this. Okay? 
So with that thought, we're going to go ahead and close out and look forward to picking up uh, where we at. Um, uh, we'll be picking up in Matthew chapter 10, verse 29. So uh, God bless and uh, have a great day.